Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that likes to leave little post-its with spoilers to movies on your mailbox, codename Legion Cub. Gosh, I would absolutely have to murder you. (laughs) That is terrible. Although I will say I'm the bad guy. So in, in my workplace, for the most part, that my coworkers are not into like nerd stuff at all. So there's very, I have very little conversation with my coworkers. Uh, but every once in a while, I'll end up on shift with somebody who kind of is into like the Marvel movies or, or, you know, like casual, the, you know what the, I mean? The like, normiest of nerds. Right, right, right. Normie. Like, like, hey, do I need to watch the, the Marvel werewolf special to understand what's happening in Ant-Man? Like that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and But the, we have the way the room is arranged, you don't always, it's not always in the front of your mind who's there. And I have, I inadvertently spoiled uh, something about the second Thor movie for someone, year, obviously, sucks. years and years and years ago, like right when it came out. And I still <clears throat> feel bad about it. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I hate that. I, I hate, uh, it, it's very, uh, it's, it's a violation. Spoilers mm. are a violation. But you know what's not a violation? Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. You can find us at Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. That is the best place to interact with us. Send us messages, tag us and stuff. Uh, participate in Sound Off. Every time we're doing a live show, uh, we will post Sound Off early in the day, and that's where you can tell us what you would like to hear us. Ask us a question. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Give us wacky hypotheticals to deal with (laughs) which we've got a lot of today uh and also today we have a very special guest dropping in just a little bit later and the only way you're going to know uh is if you stick around and find out well or if you listen uh to friday's audio version uh, of this episode well and i guess the the video is archived as well which when we first started doing the live streams i thought i was going to have to go through some kind of like process to have the videos up but they just go up like they just stay there you don't have to do anything which is unusual for technology that it's easier than i expected it to be uh so yeah you can uh audible interlude podcast on instagram gi joe audible on twitter uh and right now we are on the road or in the friendly skies i suppose to joe fest 2023 right now Go to that Instagram page and you can pre-order this Joe Fest 2023 No Sleep Till Augusta shirt. This is exclusive to Joe Fest. It will not be available in any other form. We're not reprinting it at all. This is for Joe Fest this year. This design by Slickalicious. Uh, check out Shop Slickalicious on Instagram. Uh, that's the only way you're going to get this shirt. And we also, and this is a uh, if you go to that link, which I think should be in the description for this video as well. Uh, but if you go, that is a pre-order for you to pick up your shirt at Joe Fest. Uh, tell us what size you need and and we'll have it for you. And we're going to have hats available. Now, this is not the final version of the hat. I'm actually not. I, this was a sample. 
I'm actually not super happy with the way that this one turned out. So I have a different vendor printing up different hats. They're going to be all black. Uh, the logo is going to be bigger and centered a little bit better. Uh, so we're going to have hats as well. And as soon as I get in the final samples of the hats, those will go up for pre-order. But that'll be a little bit different thing because it's a hat. I don't. Fortunately, I don't have to order extra sizes or anything although if ryan cadaver wants one i'm gonna have to order like a 5xl or whatever the biggest hat they make <laughs> is uh okay you guys special guest shirts hats lots of fun stuff happening uh i am coordinating as we speak with ed who heads up joe fest uh we we've kind of gotten our communication back in the groove uh we are nailing down what we're going to be doing under two months from now live at joe fest uh, lots of fun things planned. as a matter of fact over the weekend uh i completed a portion of what we're going to be doing and you guys are really going to enjoy it if you're there uh all right schedule wise the audio version of this episode will be available this friday wherever you get your podcast next friday will be our regular audio episode featuring segments where we talk about uh toys media of the past or whatever and due to a certain movie coming out next week's theme is going to be crusaders of the cosmos little outer space themed episode for everybody uh our next live stream is going to be on may the 8th two days before my birthday and uh cobra convergence is coming up as well our june 19th live stream will feature none other than hooded cobra commander 788 himself noel you want to tell us a little bit about convergence Convergence um, has been going on for the last several years. It started off with uh, Hooded Cobra Commander 788 and a couple of other collaborators getting together and doing a series of videos on YouTube, uh, all that kind of had a centralized theme. Uh, since then, it has grown and evolved. And uh, last month, we had a full month of contributors. Same thing is happening again this month. We're going to have uh, video contributors on YouTube, but we'll also have audio contributors doing podcasts and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and it's it's tons of great content that'll all be kind of guided together by one little common thread. So it'll it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm really happy that we get to participate in it again this year. Uh, so Hooded Cobra Commander 788 is going to be our guest on June 19th. And then our July 16th live stream will be our Cobra Convergence themed episode. And you know, we are going to have fun uh, and handle that in the way that only Audible Interlude can. All right, I think that's everything we've got uh, for right now. Let's check in with the chat. Uh, so we got some folks in here. Mandalorian Jedi at work. We'll see how much of the stream I can catch, if any, tonight. I feel your pain. Kevin Rill, good evening, guys, and chat. What is up, Kevin? Craig Dukas, happy AI Monday. Happy AI Monday, indeed uh got mine can't that's right kevin riddles uh you've got your shirt pre-ordered already we will have it there for you thor golden cub superhero super chat. chat thank you to anybody who anything that comes in through the super chat or or however this whole business works uh it all goes to stuff like this that that money is used to make shirts to make hats to uh hosting whatever all the expenses we have for the show that is you guys are helping us out big time uh so thor golden cub thank you so much hi guys i'm working and got to catch this in rerun when i can really enjoy it have a great podcast by the way finding older joes at walmart for the old 21 dollars price even dusty and zarana spirit uh, has become a shelf warmer at 
at both um, Walmart and Target lately, I've noticed. I have seen, yeah, I've seen both of those in a couple of different places. And at Target, the at one Target the other day, I saw Falcon. And at a different Target the other day, I saw CoverGirl. So that wave is actually hitting now, too. My Target uh, now, had one CoverGirl on the oh, really? racks. And they, that surprised me because that's the most I've seen since the python patrol wave. yeah you don't see anything mm -mm. usually now whether or not you want to buy that wave we'll talk about in just a minute here. <laughs> uh and craig dukas get your that's right get your guardians three shirts from slick alicious shop slick alicious on instagram go check it out tons not just cool gi joe stuff tons of pop culture designs cool original designs uh that's the only place you can get them so check that out uh all right Big news here, uh, if you listened to the Legends of the Hidden Force interview that I did with Whiskey Jack Toys, uh, then you learned a lot about that line. Uh, and since then, they have decided of their own volition to cancel the Kickstarter, to completely rework what they're doing, how they're offering the figures, uh, realigning basically the whole thing, and they are going to relaunch sometime in the next few weeks. I think this is a good move. Uh, to me, it shows that they're willing to course correct rather than forging ahead with something that may not have been an optimal plan, uh, because I'll tell you, I loved all the figures they showed us. Uh, the tiers were a little weirdly restrictive. I, th I think there are a lot of things they can do to adjust it and make it more appealing. Did you guys see this news? Due to my work schedule, I am again behind this week yeah and i'm the same way i saw i saw there was news but i didn't get a chance to really review it yeah i can uh, i can relate to that well i'm i'm back to normal sort of now I, I only had eight hours of overtime last week uh so i'm kind of back to normal um so i've actually been able to well th that's the funny thing though i've actually been able to keep track of things but there's nothing to keep track of like <laughs> so little news happened over the last couple of weeks but that's okay because we got plenty of content anyway between special guests coming up soon uh and our sound offs and everything else we we're we're good guys we're good we don't we don't need the news news is overrated we make our own entertainment uh, we make the news that yeah well i don't know about that we will be tonight though. We will be making the news tonight. We will we will be uh well we won't be breaking the internet but we'll certainly be making as much of an impact on it as we ever have uh in just a little bit here. All right. Uh so Whiskey Jack Toys everybody uh keep an eye on the Legends of the Hidden Force Instagram for updates there. I, I definitely still think it's a worthwhile toy line. I'm very excited about what they have planned. Uh and if you didn't catch that interview the video version is available here on the Needless Things YouTube channel uh, and wherever you get your podcasts. So go back and check that out because it's it's uh, these guys were just great to talk to. Uh, and speaking of the Needless Things YouTube channel, lots of reviews up. The newest wave of Joe's have been reviewed. Uh, the first wave of Ultimates has been reviewed. The Cobra Escape three pack uh, that review is up. Uh, so and, and as well as tons of other toy reviews that are non Joe related. Uh, let's see. So the current wave of Joe's, did you guys get any of these? Yes. So my, okay. <clears throat> excuse me, my cover girl came in, um, but not my Falcon. 
yet. Yeah, I got the three Joes from the wave. And okay. I opened them up. I opened them up just this past weekend. So cover girl, uh, I overall pretty happy with my my biggest problem, like I still say that her makeup and her portrait looks like an 80s supermodel to me. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. they did a nice job with that. It works for me. My problem with her is actually uh, her left hip. There is such a gap between where the joint is. it's, It's the worst gap i've seen in any of the classified figures it like it's it's very very noticeable and then at her neck the base of her neck if you push her head all the way back there's just a giant hole right there yeah it's crazy yeah i've got her pose in a way that it kind of covers up any of the flaws uh, yeah. it's easy enough it's easy enough to, if you push her neck forward and then move her head up you, you don't see it at all but just the fact that that it's there at all is is bizarre yeah i was really excited mm-hmm. i mean i thought of the three, she's probably the one that I like the most. I love yeah. her accessories. She's a just a, a very well, aside from the little mechanical flaws, she's a very well sculpted figure. Um, and yeah, I, I love the portrait. I love the makeup. I do love that, um, you know, that short haired look on her too. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much in the same boat on that, Christian. Yeah, um, I, I had seen some bad facial paint jobs on Instagram so when I got mine it was the first time where I felt nervous based off of how you keep saying like oh with the windowless packaging thankfully mine mine turned mine looked great it has the same leg problem that yours does isn't it just weird it's just it is big gap just on the left leg it, it makes me wonder like what is so different like did they switch to a different factory What's going on? Because it's this whole wave kind of. It's not yeah. like like you know deteriorating plastic or exploding crotches or anything like that. Right, right. But it's just there's all these little teeny tiny things that the earlier figures those problems were never there. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that with the classified line, you know, since its beginning, we may have had some issues with with design choices or whatever but quality has re- quality and consistency have really never been an issue until now mm-hmm. uh and i got to think they've probably got people on top of it that have have already course corrected uh you know i'm certainly hoping the next wave or at least the one after will not have these issues and look these are not horrible issues but they're problems because no. outback uh i don't know if you've been looking at pictures of outback online his whole deco situation is vastly different from figure to figure oh no uh the way that his eyes are painted he looks kind of bug-eyed to me and mine has mcfarlane eyes they're like looking off to the right it's it's weird (laughs) uh some of them are missing paint on the or the paint app is not correct on the headband uh lots of issues and if you look at Mm. if uh, that's the other thing if you look at these next to the older classified figures the deco is markedly different the way that it's applied the the just how it looks they they just have a very different look to them uh and plus my outback's elbows are completely different 
like ethnicity the, than the rest. That's the of first the thing I look for on my, and mine doesn't really have that problem. I mean, it's slightly really? off. Like you can tell it's a slightly different plastic, but it's like the color is not as bad as uh, what I was expecting. Huh? Mine, mine looks like Orson Welles from the Island of Dr. Moreau. It looks mean, like uh, that color Marlon Brando or Marlon Brando. Sorry. <laughs> Marlon Brando from the Island of Dr. Moreau, that color skin in Brad Pitt from the Island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> uh, it's, it's terrible. His elbows are just like white, white, white. And the yeah, rest of his skin is pretty that, ruddy. Because uh, when you said it was a different color, I was thinking, well, gosh, you know, it's it, the the figures that sort of have like the V-necks now, like I think Rakondo has this where you know, the paint job for his chest right. skin it's, is so vastly it's a different. little different. Right. That's what was going through my head. And then you <laughs> sent that picture of that elbow. And I was like, that looks like somebody took a part from the test shot prototype. Yeah. And put it on your figure. And and if you look at the production photographs of the figure, the art, like I had to look at the arm hair on mine to realize it was arm hair. I was like, is this some kind of weird sunburn? Cause it's kind of spattery almost. It doesn't. And if you go look at like Hasbro pulse for the figure listing, it's, it's very clearly defined hairs. Hmm. They, they just missed some stuff. And, and really the biggest issue, I don't think we even need to talk about Falcon's ugly mug. Well, I, real quickly, yeah, I I have seen a lot of people on Instagram um, that removed the paint from the lips. And I wish I could remember who, uh, but it's just been within the last couple of weeks. There was somebody who on Instagram posted a reel showing you how to use hot water to sort of reshape the face. Oh so my that gosh, it, really? So there's actually, and when it was done, he looked infinitely better, but we as the consumer should not have to put forth that much effort right. to get a good looking figure. Um, but I'm going to try it when, when I finally get mine. Cause I've seen a lot of really good head swaps on them too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Where they did. I think the best one I saw was a, it was a Peter Parker uh, figure from Marvel Legends that they used, and it that it looks phenomenal. That one's good because he's got a little bit of a smirk, so he kind of mm-hmm. looks like that cocky Falcon look. I've I've got a drawer full of heads I need to go through because I I can't leave that one on him. <laughs> um, I, it, I mean, I've, otherwise that figure I think is the best of the three, probably total overall. Um, I said I, I Cover Girl is my favorite, but aside from the head, like I I really like that figure. I like his accessories. The only problem I had was the the first time I tried to put that backpack, I bent the peg for the backpack because the hole was too small. Oh, yeah. I didn't have that problem at all. My my issue is his camouflage. There's just not enough contrast. It just he just looks muddy. It's it's not it's not interesting to look at. If you and and if if you go right here on the Needless Things YouTube channel and check out my review, I compared him to the original Falcon figure who has markedly different colors of green in his camouflage like the second you look at him you're like that's two different colors whereas with this one uh it's it's just not enough they need to do better and outback's pants are the same way mm-hmm. um they they just need to do a little better yeah 
now that I've said Outback's pants, I'm thinking Outback does does he even have camouflage on his pants? He's he shouldn't. Yes. But they should just be green, shouldn't they? Or does he, he have camo? He has camo. He has yeah, camo. The okay. Has camo. Okay. I just reviewed this like two weeks ago. I should <laughs> I should remember all these things, but I'm getting old, folks, and I've got eight million different things to remember at this point in my life. I just wish um, that Falcon's backpack had the bent down antenna. Well, I wish they had done what they did with one of the 25th anniversary figures and had an actual radio in the backpack. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would have been really cool. I, not necessary, but it would have been really cool. Yeah, I just think that's one of the more iconic parts of his look is having that that bent antenna. Well, you could bend it. Oh, yeah, you could. <laughs> put a, little piece of, put a little, little piece of wire in there. Take apart a coat hanger. Be fine. Or a, or a pipe cleaner. Uh, all right. So current wave is, you know, not as bad as it initially looked like it would be, but definitely has some issues uh, that hopefully get addressed by Hasbro uh, for future waves. Uh, so speaking of there not being any news. Oh, here we go. We got some chat going on. I got to check back in with our chat here. Everything's going nuts. You guys are hyped tonight. Mandalorian Jedi checked in for a second. Craig Dukas, uh, have a theory, and I think Christian nailed it. Different manufacturing company, possibly. I can tell you from experience that China has a shortage of low-ton injection molding vendors at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Craig Dukas, hey, Mandalorian Jedi. Uh, Will R., my outback is terrible also. Discolored elbows, loose torso, wonky eyes. Full Force said he will be asking Lenny and Emily about these terrible QC issues in an interview this week. I, I'll be interested Ooh. to see how that goes because they're, you know, they, due to Hasbro mandate, I'm sure, uh, you know, they're not generally very forthcoming about flaws with the product. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to follow up on. Uh, Kevin Riddle, I'm hoping it's just this wave. Exactly. Uh, Cornelius McGillicuddy, what is up, Cornelius? Good to see you here. I was explaining to my girlfriend that Falcon was supposed to be a young guy in his mid-20s, and when she saw Falcon, she said, yeah, he does look old. <laughs> All right, settle down, pal. <laughs> that That is the LAFF laugh of the night. Oh. Um, Will R. Falcon's uniform is very muddy and terrible. Yeah, muddy. That is the word. Exactly. Uh, Bats weapons don't fit into pegs. Covergirl's arm dislocated. New lowest bitter production factory sucks. Nice way for Hasbro to save more money. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I will say this. The Bats weapons seems to vary from person to person. All my weapons are fine. I got two different Crimson Bats. All the weapons are fine. The hands, though don't stay in the backpack which makes no sense to me because how do the hands fit into the wrists well but not into the backpack well but all the weapons fit everything well I, i'm a little confused by that one uh all right so we do have some news uh is is where i was headed and that news came out today and that is the fact that mattel and hasbro have inked a licensing pact to create co-branded toys and games <laughs> That's kind of wild. This was reported by toybook.com, which is a, a pretty interesting resource for toy news. It's not generally the kind of stuff we want, like release information or, or uh, you know, reveals or anything like that. But it is often uh, contractual stuff and, and announcements as far as the business side of the toy industry. So uh, in the toy industry, anything can happen, including a pact between legendary East Coast, West Coast rivals. <laughs> interesting way to put it. Uh following a behind closed doors sneak peek preview at 
Spielwarenmesse this year. Mattel and Hasbro have made it official. The Toy Titans entered into a multi-year licensing agreement to share some of their biggest properties to create co-branded toys and games. The first official things to come out of this are, of course, a movie uh, Barbie-related Monopoly game. Uh, and Mattel is going to have Transformers-branded Uno and Hot Wheels. So it's not like we're straight up getting Duke and Masters of the Universe or Skeletor and G.I. Joe. Uh, but it's fun to think about things like that. And uh, think about things like that, we will, but probably in a future episode, because I believe we've got enough to keep us occupied uh, until our special guest drops in in just a few minutes here. So uh, that just interesting news and and really is like when you guys saw this, what went through your head? I didn't believe it at first. Right. It seems like an April Fool's thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it kind of did. Um, But I I mean, I kind of figured this once I saw what they're doing, you know, doing Barbie Monopoly sets and stuff like that. That's a pretty basic crossover. People mm-hmm. don't think Hasbro when they think Monopoly. Right. They, you know, it's it's not like one of their their flagship brands, even though, you know, Parker Brothers slash um, Milton Bradley were acquired a long time ago. It's Just not like these... it's Battleship that they made a movie based <laughs> that's, on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, even though Monopoly is, Monopoly is a global brand name on unto itself. Right. So it's just not something that people think, you know, oh, look, they're they're they're, they're crossing over into Hasbro territory. Yeah, I mean, it's really called the... Hasbro's Monopoly. Yeah. Although it may soon be if this continues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, the Transformers Hot Wheels, like, that's pretty cool. I, I dig that. Like, it'll be nice to see Hot Wheels quality diecast you know if, if you're a kid playing with hot wheels and transformers manages to stay relevant like having an optimus prime hot wheels rig is pretty awesome like yeah. and that's a it's an easily collectible item too and that's i think one of the challenges with transformers is getting that oh well i'll just buy this right uh price well, you know, point They've done this with uh, they've done micro machines because they yeah. were owned by um, by Hasbro, but they're not anymore. I don't think are they? Are I think they, they're Jazzwares uh, now. Are they Jazzwares? I believe and then they've so. done the the Jada Toys stuff with the little mini cars. Yeah. So I mean that's an opportunity. Mattel can see that and say, you know, Hot Wheels is the best known brand of miniature cars. Uh, we saw what happened with Lego, who's the biggest toy company in the world right now, entering into agreement with Hasbro to do the Optimus Prime recently. Right. So, you know, I, I think that when you have things that are that are so different in nature, we're not talking like two competing action figure lines teaming up into one into one, you know, brand. We're talking about like two very different products that just happen to have different owners that they can share that wealth. Right. It's more of a branding thing than it is a uh, uh, necessarily a, a collaborative toy line type of thing. But but as I said, we'll be speculating about the possibilities of that uh, on a future episode here. Christian, did you, uh, you said mind yeah, blowing, didn't I, believe it at first. I didn't believe it at, at first. And then I thought, okay, well this, I mean, there's always rumors going around, but you know, the first chunk of this year, the rumors were so strong about um, Hasbro purchasing Mattel. And so that was the other thought that went into my head was not that there was truth to those rumors, but these meetings were probably taking place and that's what people were assuming. But 
I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah, at, at the very least, there could be some cool, you know, cool little items to just sort of add as a side piece to your collection. Yeah. Uh, all right, Super 7 Ultimates Wave 2. It looks like Super 7 might get them first this time. Uh, I got an email update from Super 7 asking me to verify my address by April the 25th, which is tomorrow. Uh, and if historically what has happened is within a week of that date, they start shipping things out uh, and no word yet from big bad or anybody else. So hopefully super seven has gotten back in control of their receiving and their inventory and whatever else. Uh, and they'll be getting stuff out first. Uh, well, I say, hopefully, except for the fact that I've got the next two waves ordered from big bad. So now I'm going to get them <laughs> after super seven. Uh, you can't win. Well, Brian Flint did say in one of the last interviews he did with the channel, We Want More Thundercats, that um, they were course correcting because they had made such a priority to get their figures to Entertainment Earth, Big Bad, all of those folks first. And then they were getting massive amounts of complaints from all the people who were then stuck waiting even yeah. longer. Sh shocking, right? Right, right. Who, who could have I mean, expected that? It's a it's a juggling act. You got to find some way to make both happy. But he did say right. that they had course corrected so that hopefully they're getting their waves first. But there is a much shorter time between, you know, when they're getting their waves and then when Big Bad and the other retailers are getting theirs. And, and I realize you just cannot time shipping to be perfect. No. Uh, but, you know, let's just try everybody get them right around the same time. And I think that'll be cool. Sorry, I'm checking on a little something over here. Okay. As a side note from the uh, the Ultimates Wave 1 for G.I. Joe, I've seen a lot of like more mainstream coverage of those figures than a lot of other G.I. Joe stuff lately. Um, just some mentions of like that being the best Cobra Commander figure ever made and all this stuff that I've been seeing shared by people that are not normally sharing toy news and and seen it in a couple of like little related articles lately mm -hmm. so um you oh, know that's interesting it's great uh you know because you look at those and you know that's that nostalgia right there yeah and for people who don't still collect gi joe but they remember watching that cartoon and they see that snake eyes or that cobra commander that looked like the way they did when they were you know when they were kids you know that's that's gonna that's gonna spark something yeah, yeah i've I mean, seen more of these on non-toy social media channels that i follow than I ever expected. Yeah. Well, that's nothing but a good thing. That's great. I mm -hmm. uh, and and like I said, until I I knew I wanted them, I knew I was excited for them, but until I had them in hand, I did not realize just how special they would be. Like how exciting it would be to have these versions of these characters. Uh, let's check back in with our our chat crew over here. Uh, let's see. Craig Dukas, expect a Barbie and RC buddy cop film by 2025. You know what? I'm not opposed to that. No, uh, but it's got to it's got to be classic 80s RC design, and not. I'm I'm done with motorcycles. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. RC. RC turns into the Barbie Corvette. Yes, that's. I mean, that's your movie. There you and, go. Yeah. Uh, Hasbro and Mattel. This new marriage is more like the WCW ECW invasion of WWE. And we all remember how well that went over. No, no, please, no. <laughs> don't don't say that. 
Uh, Ritz Murphy. Hey guys, what's up, Ritz? Good to see you uh, in the chat. So let's see. We've got a few more minutes here before our special guest drops in. Let's see. How can we bide our time? Let's talk a little bit more about Super 7. So this was actually something we were going to do a couple weeks ago, and we we ran out of time. That never happens. Uh, each of us was going to book the next wave of Ultimates, uh, including one special item, a vehicle prop or a large item, uh, and one exclusive repaint, because we know how Super 7 loves to do the uh like with the thundercats they've done a couple re well three i think they've done three repaints of no they've done two lion o repaints they did mm -hmm. the mirror lion o and the frozen lion o uh and then they did the glow in the dark mumra we we know how super seven loves to do that kind of thing and and more power to them uh it's, it's a good way to get maximum usage out of that tooling and and to offer something that's a cool exclusive but is not a necessity for your collection uh so Let's start with Christian, uh, and we're probably not, oh, you know what? We're not going to get all the way through this because our special guest has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me go ahead and bring him into the room. We need a doorbell sound or something. We do. We need something. <laughs> Ding dong. So, ladies and gentlemen, from the frozen war zones of Canada in the great white north, with a mic in his hand and a rhyme Sorry. in his mouth, for one night only, joining us here in the South, Audible Interlude Podcast. Give it up for the Word Boogaloo! Yo, Word. Joe. Hey, hey, hey. What is up, man? It is great to see you here. Great to uh, great to see and hear you. Hey, what's happening? So, can we we can hear Breaker Breaker coming through? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're coming okay, through. Yeah, great. You, clear. Sound, you actually sound better than any of the rest of us, but that's to be expected. I think that is impossible, Dave. Your dulcet <laughs> tones. I could just hear you talk about, you know, box art for weeks. <laughs> well, we we've done it. So hang in there. Uh, All right. Bring it. So you're dropping in. You uh, I gave you kind of a little list of things that you could talk about if you wanted to. Or we can just hang and do what we're going to do. Did you did you get a chance to think about like something you'd like to bring up, an instrument of destruction beyond the 80s, anything that uh, caught your eye like, hey, let's talk to these guys about this thing? Yeah, well, Starry Oars, and um, I think, no. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're talking my yes. language. Wait, is it wrong podcast? Wrong podcast. No, but so... we'll, we'll schedule uh, Starry cast starting There's... next month. There There's the G.I. Joe crossover we did not know we needed until oh, tonight. Oh, man. Dude, with little little Joes to go in the Starriers. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. All the Starriers repainted in, like, Joe colors. You know what I want? I want that awesome Super 7 Cobra camouflage on the Starrier with the saw blade in its chest. Let's make this happen. I don't <laughs> even know who, who did Starriers. Tommy. Tommy. Oh, yeah. so there's there's a potential Hasbro connection there. Mm -hmm. The little silver and gold men and characters that sat in the robot heads. Yeah, those would reappear in other toy lines. I feel like Zoids. maybe even yeah, Zoids and yep. the cockpit could almost uh, like they could almost fit in the cockpit of let's say like an early one of the transformer planes or something right yeah i feel like, like some that. of the transformers mm -hmm. had like little well, spots those guys would have fit mm -hmm. in well the original the original micro change figures that mm -hmm. uh 
that they came from. Oh, sorry, the uh, not Michael Diaclone. James, Diaclone, yes. Diaclone, yeah. Where they actually had pilots. Yeah, so I think that was all just interchanged pieces. I mean, it was a free for all back then, right? Mm. Takara if, and Tomi, and I don't know how they were all it worked, but uh, if only we could all get on the same page in that way now. Although Mattel <laughs> and Hasbro making it happen, we'll see. We'll see if we get Skeletor uh, in in the Cobra before too much longer. <laughs> well, I mean, Mattel He Man's got all the Snake people. You yeah. got King oh Hiss gosh, and Snake right. Mountain. You got all those people. And then, I mean, Man at Arms is basically He-Man, G.I. Joe. He-I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, make this Full happen. loadout. I so, feel like there's another guy with a lot of guns or something. He's probably called Rio like... Blast. Rio, Rio Blast. Blast. Rio Blast and Fast mm-hmm. Draw. Put them together. Yep. Ready to go. Uh, yeah. So, Fergie, what did you uh, you uh, hit on to, to talk about? Uh, G.I. Joe, right? G. Just G.I. Joe. Joe in general. We, we can, can talk about Joe. We can talk about I didn't see Tomahawk on your list. Was Tomahawk? Has Tomahawk been discussed? I don't believe we have we talked have about not. the Tomahawk yet. Are we so. going to talk about the Tomahawk? Is it time I, for I Instruments mean, of Destruction? I can oh. always talk about the Tomahawk. All right, I've well, always got one then. within arm reach, at least. <laughs> my, <laughs> mine is actually hanging. Well, okay, so mine is the later the was it 2012 i think the target exclusive one the thunderhawk or the hawk eagle some, eagle eagle hawk, hawk eagle hawk because those um, two birds should be named uh should I, have yes. a vehicle together right uh, yeah absolutely yeah. that makes sense it's like cat dog um exactly yeah so uh yeah we'll talk about the tomahawk mine's actually hanging from the ceiling so i can't just reach up there and grab it but we can we can do that our instruments of destruction featuring our special guest word burglar talking about the uh really because i mean the dragonfly was such an iconic vehicle right Mm -hmm. but when the tomahawk came out it changed everything because it's oh man (laughs) (laughs) oh beautiful missing landing gear if anybody's got some landing gear uh hook me up uh you know let's trade i think we can definitely make that happen yeah a few missiles too it's it's had a few you know i've been a few skirmishes few altercations yeah yeah Yeah, there was well a condor played. in here the other day and it just like blasted it. <laughs> Anyways, everybody's okay. Wild Bill's just uh chilling in the infirmary. Right well, they now. they always parachute out. Even though it's yeah. a helicopter, they still parachute out. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Uh so let's talk about this Tomahawk. This thing was originally re- released in uh 1986. And it really was a game changer. Now, did you uh when you were a kid, did you have one of these? I did not. Oh, I... I coveted it from afar for many years. And uh, and I acquired maybe two or three used before I got this one, which is the most complete one I've ever had. And now it needs a bit of a uh, a bit of a dusting. I apologize. But... Oh, man, all my this. Yeah. I mean, you can see this nonsense behind me. This would be a never ending circuit of dusting if I if I stayed on top of it. Uh, so this thing was everything. It's it's an instrument of war. It's a troop carrier. It's a rescue vehicle. It holds tons. I mean, look at all the space in that. It's beautiful. It's got the hatch in the back. How, the 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 loading the removable seats was yeah. like one of my favorite things because you could just roll like your armadillo in there. Yeah, it's brilliant. The design and I mean, 
the Eagle Hawk reissue was it's it's, it's pretty good. It's great, like to get a, a cheaper version of it. But this original, every, everything you said, Dave, like being able to put so many troops in it, have the missions. You've got this, you know, the little oh, the the winch, winch. was yeah. always a highlight of any toy it appeared on. It's just so key. Like, you know, as a kid, like I had the whale, which is, you know, another epic vehicle and being able to put as many guys as you wanted in the front there. Right. And just pile them in and then like, you know, splash on shore and open it up and everybody comes running out. Like these are the, you know, the kind of toys that really lent themselves to living the adventure. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I just always loved helicopters, too. So it's it's pretty sweet. Um, lift ticket, not really one of my favorite pilots or one of my favorite figures in the line, not to really, um, you know, not to trash anybody. Cause they're all, they're all heroes. They're all wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I never I mean, felt like he matched it. Yeah. I feel like it loses points for the vehicle driver. That would be like the only place I would, uh, take anything away from it. But even then, you know, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty iconic. Um, but yeah, I always liked that you would see like lifeline would usually be whenever it was like always. covered, you'd always lifeline would be in there and like coming in like with the med vac and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Plus it looks cool. It's a beautiful camo, like the, the nice, like brownie beige and gray, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm just like, I just like this toy. It's well, the little, and even the little, the bubbles underneath the, the yeah. translucent underneath the cockpit is such a nice touch. Like just everything about it. I can't imagine how much fun they had designing this thing and translating uh, this helicopter design into a toy form. Like what, what can we make move and open and work? Like how far can we push this? Uh, it's far even the the back rotor with the that like rotates or oh yeah 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 this this mm -hmm. little bit of business I'm sure there's a term for that and if Cornelius McGillicuddy is still in the chat <laughs> he can probably tell us what's that what that's called I cannot see the chat but uh, anyone who is not aware um, of the tomahawk which I if you're into GI Joe you must know it I once did say this was the best GI Joe vehicle in a song and uh, I do. I do stand by it. I would I probably tie it with, you know, the whale I, I love. And there's so many vehicles, you know, you had that whole <laughs> list you sent me of stuff you already talked about. I mean, the bug, I'm like, I've, you know, I got a weird, got a weird uh, soft spot for the bug for sure. But I've uh, got an all new, the bug was one that I didn't have when I was a kid. And it was actually the first, it broke the seal for me as when I was rebuying my childhood collection. The bug was the first thing I bought that I didn't have when I was a kid that like broke my rule that I was like, I'm not buying anything I didn't have when I was a kid. And then I saw a bug for the right price in person. That's the whole problem is when you see it in person, it's so hard to walk away from when you just see some cool thing. Yeah. Uh, so with the Tomahawk, Noel, Christian, did you guys have, uh, were you guys Tomahawk kids? I was, I got it for Christmas. It was, it was a gift from my grandmother. Um, it was one of the ones that, cause I had it and a dragonfly. So, uh, together they would raise up my tactical battle platform and carry it around. Uh, loved having those two helicopters. I always, and I've, I know I've mentioned it on here before, but when the GI Joe yearbook, uh, Larry Hama was like talking about the new characters that were going to be in 86 and he mentioned, uh, lift ticket and lifeline. 
and this new helicopter, the Tomahawk, and how he compared them to like Alan Alda and Charles Bronson uh, flying together in a helicopter all the time. So I always had <laughs> Lifeline in my Tomahawk with lift ticket because of that statement. That's amazing. I, yeah, Lifeline was in there for me uh, because, because uh, Bergie, what you were saying of he's the rescue guy, he's always going to be in there to go in and you know get guys out of the hot spots or whatever. Like he he was just standard personnel. Uh, in that tomahawk and it's interesting though th- this is kind of diverging a little bit but we we never do that here on this show i'm thinking about doc my doc figure stayed it, he didn't go into the field like once lifeline came out he was my field medic doc was the guy that stayed in the headquarters or was on the flag or was like he stayed wherever the the joes were like stationed and then Lifeline's the one that went out to the field to take care of business. I never really thought about that until just now that that, that change happened. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because Doc's the one that came with the stretcher. Well, right. right. Well, well, and also Doc matches the, the his gear matches the tomahawk. Oh, and look at why well, you just happen to have a Doc sitting there. <laughs> I, well, no, I, I picked up a, a replacement because this is my this is my childhood Doc and he's got a broken hand. Oh, so man. I picked up a replacement at uh, Joe Lana. Or Toyland, whichever one it was, a few weeks ago, and uh, so I just replaced him. And this is—he's just sitting here because I swapped him out recently. Nice, just coincidence. So Christian, no tomahawk from childhood. No, as much as I love, as I've mentioned many times on the podcast before, I love uh, troop transport vehicles. As a as a kid, I had the dragonfly. I love the dragonfly. I had a hard time wrapping my brain around the tomahawk because the sides were completely open so there was no protection for the troops so even my friends who had it it was not ever a vehicle i used that would have been a nice upgrade yeah uh, and maybe a later release to have doors that would snap on and it did occur to me as a kid, like, why aren't there like sliding doors on this? But at the same time, I didn't care that much because it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It does have guns. It does have guns that they could sit down and yeah, and at least defend. Who needs doors when you have guns? <laughs> I mean, really, is if if there's any if there's anything we can learn from G.I. Joe, I think it's that. You don't need doors when you have guns. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so when the Tomahawk was originally released, I'm going to guess you guys probably aren't looking at the page like I am. Although I think we've recently discovered the Yojo prices are not necessarily, uh, always on point, but, oh wait, Noel, you had a site. What was your Battlegrip.com. site? Battlegrip.com. Okay. So according to Yojo.com, do you Can guys... I guess? Yes. Oh, please. Sorry. Guess. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, didn't mean to cut you off. There, no, dude. no, no. That's fine. Because that's exactly what we normally do. I feel like this like this was clearly like an upper like like a mid to mid high range Joe vehicle at the time. And I would say U.S. retail, maybe about twenty five to thirty bucks. I think that's an excellent guess. Christian, Noel, do you guys want to closest without going over? I'm looking at battle grip right now. So I cannot say. I would okay. say, based on my experience of going through Yojo's prices, I'm going to say something ridiculous like seventeen ninety nine. So according to Yojo, <laughs> it's twelve ninety nine. 
That's that's, a, that's I, not that, there's no way. No, according, no, no. According to this newspaper ad uh, from 1986 uh, that is scanned on Battle Grip, the tomahawk is 1499. Oh, oh my! Wow. Gosh. So that's U.S. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to none find none of you Canadian. are getting yeah. that Hawaiian vacation <laughs> for the car. <laughs> I, I'll have to find like an old Canadian catalog because I do like that is lower than I thought. So I'm curious if it would that would have probably put it at about like 18 to 19.99 Canadian price. So okay. I, I am up north. So but, you know, the snow cats and and the polar bears were cheaper here. But <laughs> <laughs> they just flooded, flooded us. With those. Man, you get snow job for 99 cents like you anywhere. You can't you can't find Raptor, but there's plenty of ice. Birds up there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Chuckles. Well, what do we need a guy with a Hawaiian shirt for? It's, right. You know, that doesn't even make sense. Skis, you know, blizzard. I do have a memory of going into Eaton's and seeing like all blizzards on, on the rack one day. It was like, <laughs> you know, blizzard's great except for his helmet, but yeah. he's, uh, yeah, he's cool. I, I'm, yeah, we've, we've had actually some blizzard conversation where, where I've, I've really got to go back and revisit blizzard because the helmet, I, he, he's another one I didn't have when I was a kid. And I've ended up with like three of them now complete. Like somehow all of them have had all of their stuff. Uh, And I'm just like, this is the helmet's terrible, but this is just too much. There's too much figure here, which seems like a crazy thing to say. Uh, I need to sit down with Blizzard again and maybe learn a little more. Backpack's pretty sweet. Well, and he's got the he's got the snowshoes, right? Like. Snowshoes and and the skis on the backpack. And his skis are way cooler than snow job skis. Yeah. And it becomes like a little tobogganny thing. Yeah, I I do. I need to sit down with him and kind of play around with him a little bit more. Uh, All right. So Tomahawk top tier GI Joe vehicle, um, you know, came in in GI Joe, the movie got attacked by some, some crazy flying squid things carried our raw, excuse me, our raw hides, uh, not quite into battle, but just a, an iconic Joe vehicle. And and again, you know, they really hit a sweet spot with like the whale and with the Tomahawk where it's this cool combat machine, but you can load tons of figures into it. And that just made it cooler. Do you guys remember who else you loaded into your Tomahawk or Christian? Who would you? I've, I mean, I feel like it's probably I probably would have just gone with Joe's from the era. I, like, yeah, it's like an 86, like a yeah. leatherneck yes, suit. Yes. Like you throw everybody in there. And I, I had my roadblock in there with that machine gun on the side. I knew I always had him there. Yeah. And you know what? Now yeah. that you say that, I do feel like I had the version two roadblock uh, because he's, he's the only roadblock gun I guy, had at that point. And those are pretty killer looking little machine guns. So yeah, that would make yeah, sense. It probably would have been like a rock and roll, a roadblock. I mean, you guys kept saying lifeline, and I play-wise, I never put my medics in air vehicles lest they be shot down. So Oh, that's a good point. Um safety yeah, first. That's why I like I actually have to think on this one because <laughs> Well, this this will be for a future episode. We'll have to set up a mission utilizing right. the tomahawk and determine what they're doing and who's going on the mission. GI Joe Operation Stuff My Tomahawk. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the doors, I mean, the open doors make it perfect for paratroopers as well, right? So you can get like airborne and yeah i'm not all and everybody I'm not crazy out. legs in there because the guy just cannot stand that <laughs> that figure man i i like i like the alternate look that i've seen online where people instead of putting those straps between his legs they just kind of wrap them around again like mine's sitting on my shelf and he's standing like on one leg with the other leg that, like that's exactly what air. mine's doing i've got him on a battle stand and he's just like yep yeah <laughs> That's just what you do. Uh, all right. Well, that was awesome. Word burglar. Excellent choice. Uh, if if you've got rhymes to put down and you got to go, I understand. However, you're more than welcome to stick around for the rest of the show and give some input on the rest of the G.I. Joe stuff we got to talk about. We've probably got about uh, 20 minutes, half an hour left. It'd be run my pleasure to hang out. Yeah. I, awesome. Awesome. I thought we were talking about Joe's for like 24 hours. I was <laughs> well, ready that's, to go. That, <laughs> we are going to set up a Cobrathon for later in the that's year. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's that's what's going to be happening. Um, so what we're going to do, our next segment is called Sound Off. And it is where the Audible Interlude Podcast Instagram page, every day that we've got a live stream, we put a post up early in the day that says sound off. And we ask for people to tell us what they want us to talk about, pose bizarre hypothetical scenarios about GI Joe, whatever the case may be. And then we go in and we take a look at what they said and we talk about it here on the show. Uh, So first we got to check in with the chat. I've been neglecting our chatsters uh, everybody very excited to see word burglar here. Excellent surprise. Um, to bl- <laughs> this name, to we got, we got a new, uh, individual in here to blave F, uh, please ask your guest what it's like writing from the perspective of Cobra word burglar. What is it like writing from the perspective of Cobra? Well, I, uh, you know, I trained for it my whole life, just playing with the toys, right? Like, Welcome to Cobra Island was all, was just me playing with my toys in front of a microphone. Um, And yeah, it's just getting in that headspace of thinking of Cobra, what I loved about Cobra as a kid and what I loved about it to this day. And you could look at all the ridiculous things. I mean, there's so much to pull from. Obviously, I lean heavy on like Larry Hama's influence and all those the his incredible run and what he did with Cobra and Cobra Commander and 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 that angle and and I love everything you know I love like the grounded in reality Joe I love the Cobra Law stuff and I mean it's just it's just pure fun but it's also when you're thinking in that in that headspace and it's strange like look you know, being in 2023 and looking at the state of things in the world. And sometimes, and you wonder, it's like, what, you know, in 1980 or 1981 or 82, whenever they started recruiting, because, you know, we met them in 82, 83, but Cobra had been around a few years before. Right. So trying to think of like, who would have joined it and then like getting into that headspace and what, you know, what their ranks, you know, were composed of and, I, and right now I'm working on a sequel to welcome to Cobra Island and I'm digging in deeper into a lot of who the, who would have joined Cobra. Right. And like Mercer's a great example. Oh yeah. Mercer's someone, why did he join? But then why did he defect? 
you know, I've always found his story very fascinating and it hasn't really been explored. So I always had sort of in my head this idea of who I thought Mercer was. And um, so it's getting into that headspace and then thinking of people we haven't seen, like behind the scenes, like who in Cobra have we never met? And yet Cobra needs to function. So, you know, who who designs their crazy costumes for example (laughs) (laughs) you know so things like that so uh i don't know it's just pure it's just pure fun and so i'm very much in that headspace right now of thinking maybe too much about about the cobra state of mind um the opening track on welcome to cobra island is really kind of like a recruitment song which i've said like where it's just you're hearing a, a cobra trooper just sort of introduce someone to what's going on here and give you sort of like the tip of the spear and be like here like this is you know let's dangle this in front of you does it does it interest you but um yeah i like the idea that cobra could attract everyone from mercenaries and villains and rogues and criminals to just people who are just sort of found themselves on like the wrong side of the tracks for whatever reason and just uh were lost and 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 confused and cobra you know played on that right like um, yeah just you know, not to get disenfranchised uh, disenfranchised yeah. you know and not to get too much into real world stuff but uh but but thinking about it you know because i've been thinking about it for you over 30 years. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> more we, than we've, that. <laughs> we've talked a lot in the past and, mm-hmm. and on the old Needless Things show about how uh, playing with a, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Bo Brown, does puppetry and is like kind of a nexus of, of puppeteering in America. And we talked a lot about how playing with toys when you're a kid, you're developing storytelling skills. You don't really realize it, but you're creating backstory. You're filling things in for these characters. You're creating stories for them. You're developing uh, the ability to how personalities react to different situations. Like in, and like you said, you've literally been preparing for this since you were a little kid because that those play patterns and those things that we did when we were kids were all preparing us for for that kind of creative activity. Now, not everybody necessarily went down that road, but that was the primer. Yeah. And well, you see it, especially in the Joe community, which I love, like people are customizing figures and, and, you know, making their own, like, it's all just different ways of expressing that creativity that was inspired, you know, that GI Joe somehow inspired in us from like, yeah, whether you're illustrating or painting or creating the toys or, you know, making songs about it. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's great. And, you know, always huge, huge credit to everyone who worked on Joe in the 80s that uh, to create something that to this day we feel so passionately and strongly about, even though it's been this abandoned, forgotten, you know, long lost cousin in the back of the toy box and the toy aisle. And, you know, yeah. And we always say, well, Star Wars and Transformers and Ninja Turtles and Batman, everything keeps refreshing itself. And yet Joe, you know, obviously classified as amazing and what Super 7 doing and everything, but it's still never reached that. It's never come back to what it was in the 80s, which was, you know, the greatest toy line of all time. Well, and it's it's wild because it really has been consistently released for the most part. Uh, yeah. You know, we had a little gap from 94 to 97 and then from 97 until now we've had Joe products, uh, but what was it? 2018, 
was the the when was the 50th anniversary? What would that have been? Was that 2016? Yeah, I think it was around yeah. 16. 17, so 16 yeah. or 17, we kind of stopped getting product for a little while, but then 2020, we're right back with classified series. So we've had a couple of three year gaps, but that's it. But it's never had quite the profile of all of these other toy lines because I think it's very difficult when when you don't have the pop culture situation that we had in the 80s i think it's harder to apply joe to the the modern world mm. well, well it's even, been even the, the same 90s. group buying it too sorry i was say even in the 90s with those gaps you still had other gi joe lines that were kind of filling things in that didn't take off as much but really are well American yeah you're Hero, right you're right we had extreme and savage yeah yeah but yeah so i mean consistently for 40 plus years we've been getting gi joe stuff yeah yeah but i do feel it is like the same group of people still buying them all, <laughs> yeah we've know? got yeah we've had trouble getting new uh younger younger fans into it we gotta check and back in with the chat real a quick. real american yeah. hero is definitely a product of its time and that's one yes. of the things i think that keeps it from being as easily to adapt uh to a modern audience mm-hmm. yeah well i mean this like the super seven stuff these these guys are amazing. Oh, yes. That's it's and, I mean, uh, those are the we were talking about it before you came on. I, until I had them in my hands, I didn't realize how much those were going to impact me and how badly I wanted those versions of the characters. They're 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 fantastic, and I can't wait to have the well, Doc. I'm so excited we're getting Doc because in the early episodes, Doc was like the man. He was the problem solver. Mm -hmm. He he invented the stuff. He had the quips. Like Doc was awesome. Yeah. And now that character, that Sunbow version, is finally going to get his due. I do. Part of me wishes they were just O ring. They did O ring like this new sculpt. Oh yeah. Oh, I would love. I would love it. Of the Sunbow, but this is great. And you know, he's a little bigger than the classified guys. He's a lot bigger than the classified guys. <laughs> I've got this is classified rap viper here. And, uh, oh my you know, gosh, yeah, that's incredible. Bit, he's a bit shout out Kieran McAvoy, who surprised me with that one. That's but, amazing. Um, yeah, but yeah, you can see Cobra Commander is a bit bit taller than Rap Viper, but uh classified rap viper um that's fantastic <laughs> real life real life rap viper's taller than super seven cobra <laughs> um, um yeah checking in with the chat good. real he's quick cobra commander maybe uh, rachel, not the best but he's good rachel salinas uh how ironic i'm watching the podcast from the back of a buzz bore very nice <laughs> reference we appreciate that uh, Mandalorian Jedi dropping back in. I might be contributing algorithmic engagement comments tonight rather than anything substantial. Hey, we love it. We need those <laughs> algorithms. Um, Craig Dukas in the super chat. Thank you so much, Craig Dukas. Uh, Will R, Ripcord. Yeah, Ripcord in the Tomahawk. Absolutely. Wow, we're way behind yes, the chat. Ripcord. Sorry, guys. We got, uh, we, we got a little carried away. We've got a guest here. So, all right. It is time for sound off now word burglar i apologize you are not going to be quite as prepared for this as the rest of us were we were following throughout the day so we have the benefit of kind of knowing what some of these are uh this is going to be a test for you my friend because you're going to have to come off the top of your head with some wacky stuff that's been presented is it star yours uh it is all <laughs> star related oddly enough uh so 
This is Sound Off, where the fans of the show tell us what to talk about from Sergeant Action. It's a Joe and Transformers crossover. The top brass has hit the go button on Project Combo. Five Joes are picked to transfer their minds to combiner robot bodies. Who do you pick, and what is their combiner form called? Uh... I'm going to kick this one off because my answer is going to be the least interesting. Uh, Anybody who's been following this show for any amount of time might have a decent guess as to what I'm going to choose here. Uh, So here goes. My combiner would be mainframe is wheeljack. Dial tone is blaster. Wetsuit is sea spray. Leatherneck is warpath. Lieutenant Claymore is ultra Magnus. And they would be in a special missions Brazil colored combiner called Selva Cruzado. (laughs) Because literally every answer that I have to any question is special missions Brazil. Everything, every time. Christian seems to be having an event right now. Noel, do you want to? Uh, we're going to give Word Burglar, uh, Word Burglar, a little time to think about this. Noel, have you got a? Have you got one? Uh, so I, I did. I also didn't get that much time to think about this because I, I was working. But oh, that's uh, right, you're kind of on the spot too. I did throw in uh, just kind of a, a theme of of little transformers that I like, and it just happens to be a perfect five. So I've got once again Cutter as Sea Spray, uh, Roadblock as Warpath. Ace mm. as Power Glide, uh, Crankcase as Beachcomber, and Countdown as Cosmos. Uh, so the five mini uh, Autobots from 1985. Um, and as far as their combiner wow. name goes, uh, I, I didn't quite get that far. I couldn't think of anything clever, but uh, that's just the five that I would put together and their G.I. Joe counterparts. Just just call it Ocho Cinco and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, though. I love that you linked the year to the. That's that's great, uh, Christian. Okay, what you got for us. So I went by Combiner Wars rules. So all of my Transformers are actual Combiners from the Combiner Wars. Well, I think all of mine are too, because after you said that in our chat, I was like, okay, I can. Because I, I was sitting here thinking about like Defensor and Devastate, because I, I do not have the depth of Transformers knowledge that these guys have. So I was like, I know Devastator and Defensor and and the Stunticons, and that's kind of. I have it. and I have your Defensor, by the way. <laughs> I bought it off of you in like 1998. Oh, is that where that went? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. That w- it was like a reissue of the original one, right? No, I think yours is oh, the is original. It? Yeah, yours yours is the really yeah <laughs> i i i box up i i start every every three to four years i start collecting transformers again and then i think i can't do this and i box them all up and put them away <laughs> apparently in that event and I sold sell them, them to all. Noel. right yeah. right all right anyway all right. christian <clears throat> your right. notebook so i have skylinks as the body and he uh is paired up with psych out so I have a very calm yet egotistical, arrogant leader. Then I have Cover Girl as Afterbreaker. I have Leatherneck as Rook. I have Sci-Fi as Trailbreaker. 
and then Maverick as Skydive. And oh, I like Maverick as Skydive. That's good. <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought of Maverick because you know how I feel about those guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> I figured, you know, I need a little bit of futuristic in there if you're going to be combined with Transformers. Oh, but what an obvious selection to use Battle Force 2000 as combiners. Oh, man. Uh, we got to yeah. revisit that. So, well, you know, it's, you know, it's disappointing though, is when you get your Battle Force 2000 vehicles and figure out they're yeah. not combiners. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much, but that's, and, that's a concept though. And their combiner name, <clears throat> excuse me, is Kronos as a throwback to Machine Robo. Because their anime is called Revenge of Kronos. Okay. Okay. Man, you deep very deep nice. dived into yeah, that. Yeah, well, uh, look, this, this one got me very excited. This guy's got deeper cuts than Storm Shadow. I was, I was, I was trying to figure out how can I name this after the the GoBots armor pieces, and armor number five just wasn't cool enough sounding. So Kronos, it was. I forgot all about those things until you said that just now. That what, what was it? Power armor? Did it have a name? Yeah. Is that yeah. what it was? Power armor? Yep. Wow. And I remember it blew and my it mind. Combined. Well, it was crazy as a kid sort that of. there was a, a, like, these are little robots, but there was a universal enough design that you could put on different ones. That's crazy. That'll be uh, the, the GoBot cast coming in uh, 2024. Yep. Digging All into right. the obscure. Bergy. That's my job. Have you wow. had a little bit of time to consider this? I've been trying. I've, I've just, first of all, amazed at all your choices and selections. So this, I'm going to need some of your help. So the, the only thing I, I think of a theme and what is it like? A, what's a combiner that we've never seen? And uh, we've never seen like a sports themed combiner. So I thought, what if we take the sports themed Joes and oh. pair them with some their transformer counterparts and put them together. So that's when I'm having trouble. Like I'm thinking like, who's a good football transformer. Cause we have a few football Joes. You got Gridiron or t maybe bazooka paired with, is there anyone who's like a football? Yeah. Who would be like a, a who's big, a football transformer, a big you know, rough and tumble like Ironhide? I don't know. Yes. All I can think of is that episode Triple Takeover, and all I could think of was that Blitzwing had a big football theme to his. I think he took over a football field. Perfect. In that Blitz. Episode. He's got Blitz in his name, so Blitzwing yeah. and Captain Gridiron, Cobra and Decept Decepticon, and Joe's. Who? It's, who it's cares? fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so okay, so that's two. Then you've got um, Hardball. So you got a baseball guy. So we need one of you know some of the Transformers. They look like they're wearing baseball caps. I don't know if anybody stands out to you, you know, in their robot head, it kind of looks like a baseball hat. Or is there a baseball playing transformer that we can think of? Or do we just go with uh, a terrible, <laughs> terrible pun and make it rat bat just because bat is in the name? <laughs> Perfect. Hardball rat bat. Uh, and we've got uh, you got big lob for basketball. So. Um, who who's playing basketball? Anybody with a net? Anyone with uh surely didn't didn't jazz play basketball in an episode? I, yeah, I feel like well, I Optimus remember Prime that. comes with a basketball. The uh the ultimate oh, Optimus right. does come with a basketball. Yeah. 
Okay, Optimus and Big Lob. And Big Lob. Because there you go. why wouldn't that be the connection? Um, and then uh, you got Backstop. Backstop, which is a goalie. That's a goaltender reference. Yeah. So you got yeah. the hockey thing. Um, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go outside of the box here, and we're going to have a Zamboni Transformer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which, how is there not one? They've made toasters. They've made raccoon alarm <laughs> clocks. How is there not a Zamboni transformer? I love it. I love it. That's uh, it. I was thinking cup. It was like the clue because like the Stanley cup was like. The- oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For all you hockey. Uh, so so if if, if, uh, Joe's. if Hasbro is not going to give us the tooling budget to create a Zamboni transformer that, by the way, they're going to be able to repaint a thousand times for every NHL team out there. So just do what? that. Apparently, I mean, unfortunately, never made as a toy, but the NHL New York Rangers have a they're a Zamboni transforming robot mascot. Really, and the artwork looks like some like the style from the old Transformers animated show, <laughs> and I think I'm in love. I yeah, I've never. We learned something new tonight. That's yeah, that's what I, we do. I had no idea. That's brilliant, Dave. Great minds think alike. A that's... Zamboni Transformer. What's his name? Does he have a name? Uh, Behance. Behance. I was thinking it'd be like Zambonicus. Right. <laughs> well, it's New York. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. That, so wait, excellent. that's only four. And then oh, uh, oh. who's another know, what other sport do they have? Well, there's fridge. Like football fridge. is heavily represented. Yeah. Football and baseball yeah. and there's no lacrosse guy. Well, you've got big boa for wait, the boxing. Does, no, does there's Sergeant Slaughter count? No, Thrasher yeah. has You're his right. lacrosse thing, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> So Thrasher with his lacrosse stick, and he all he needs is something that looks like the Thunder Machine, which doesn't yeah. really represent lacrosse at all. <laughs> maybe he's one of like the, uh, yeah, maybe one of the Combaticons he could ride. Yeah, I feel like a Dreadnought or Cobra would go good in that. Yeah, and well, then right uh, yeah, I don't know for their combiner name. Like, yeah, I don't know. All All Star. <laughs> I don't know. What's something sporty? <laughs> I wow, think all star covers you're everything. Talking to. I, well, right. Yeah. I, I well, they're inter they're interlocking together. They're where they combine. So it could be maybe intermuralists or something. Inter intermuralicon. Intermagnus. <laughs> intermagnus. <laughs> I think that's Metallica did a really good job with that song. Wow. Sorry, I, I did not prep for this exam, guys. No, well, that's that's all right. You're no, doing very, we, very well. We love it when you can throw more than one syllable into a word on our podcast. So. And, and uh for any future special guests, I hope you're you're all taking notes that we're going to abuse you horribly uh, when you come on the show. Uh all right podcast from the pit everybody check out podcast from the pit our pal casey is very cool uh what comic book company do you want to see take over the brand and what would you like them to do with it uh have a great show guys catch it tomorrow at work um okay so i think it's it's all but confirmed that skybound uh is getting the joe comic thing going uh, 
and and to be honest i can't say i have a preference for comic book company because it's really more about the creators that they put on it than it is about who's publishing the book um skybound is a very interesting choice to me i know robert kirkman is a huge gi joe fan we've talked about it before that they actually released tiger force variants of the walking dead figures so i mean i feel like company wise it, it probably is in the best hands it could be in what would you like them to do with it is tough i don't know that i can honestly answer that question because i don't I don't know what what stories I, I here's what I would like the, the, we've talked about this over and over and over again on the show what I would like them to do with it is is figure out this retroverse figure out this amalgamation of GI Joe in humanoids visionaries mask Ask. all of it I want somebody to figure that out to put money into it to get a good to get a Kevin Feige behind it that understands these brands and how to adapt them for modern consumption that's what i want and even if it's just in comic book form if we never get a movie if we never get toys whatever give me great stories like that and idw tried it with uh what vision what was it revolution and it just didn't pan out for them i think because they didn't believe in it enough get a great creative mind behind it and let's do this with these brands and I said back then, and I'd say it again now, if you're going to do that kind of crossover with all those different Hasbro properties, your linchpin has to be Transformers because it's what ties all those other things together, I think. Plus, right. it's the most mainstream property. So I think if you can get the people behind Transformers to also work that in there as well, but Hasbro's been very protective of, of with that brand in particular. Well, and rightly so. Like They have to be cautious about Transformers because it's their only reliable cash cow. So I get it. I get them being a little tentative about tying these other brands into it. Um, But, and this is a deeper discussion for a different podcast. I am of the opinion, I feel like much of that with the revolution was Hasbro mandated. I think, Dave, you are correct that IDW's heart wasn't in it because it wasn't a concept necessarily that they came up right i don't think it was in it was like here's your a bunch of round holes now make these square pegs fit in them because we want to do movies even though we haven't really built each of these as an individual property so when i was thinking of this question i really loved what idw did they got me back into reading gi joe comics initially Um, initially right um However, with that being said, one of the things I've discovered as I've gotten to be an older comic book fan is we fandom gets too bogged down in continuity and everything has to tie in together. So that made me go, I would actually like to see a company like Dark Horse get the G.I. Joe property where it's not an ongoing series put out one maybe two mini series throughout the year that are based around very specific missions and you can sort of loosely have some continuity but you're not tied down to it if you decide eh this joe that was killed off in this mini series 
I want to use them for this next story. And we're just going to put this next story in a different time in Joe continuity. Do it. Tell mm. the story you want to tell, because yeah. that's what's going to make us fall in love with it. And that's what's going to be compelling is when the creators are invested and they get invested because they're able to do what they want. They, I mean, it, you're, you're basically talking about like a BPRD type thing. And I that's exactly. brilliant. And exactly. I didn't even mm-hmm. think of that. Yeah, Dark Horse, I mean, they did have it briefly during Extreme, which was a rough time. Oh. And, uh, I remember there's a Frank Miller cover of Joe. Um, and there's, I think, Frank Taron did a backup story, which was kind of cool. But it was the G.I. Joe Extreme characters, which, look, if that's your bag, that's great. But it wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, the uh, Yeah, and I love, like, when you were talking about the Dark Horse taking it, like, when they first did all their Star Wars comics, like, that was, they just do little mini-series here and there, like Dark Empire and all this stuff, Tales of the Jedi, those were fantastic. I love uh, that Skybound, if they are the actual new publisher, I love that. Kirkman clearly like from reading everything he's done since like battle Pope and invincible and everything, there would be touches of things in there where it's like, Oh, this is like a little nod to GI Joe. There's like a Cobra esque type team of villains in invincible that would pop up. One of the main guys in the later part of walking dead is named Mercer. I don't know if that's uh, by accident. Um, and yeah, of course, the Tiger Force, and he's of that era. So I know he he you know he grew up around GI Joe and He Man. And I agree with you, Dave. It's it's all about who takes it on. Having read everything that IDW put out for GI Joe and most of Transformers, I have to say the way the Transformers books were handled in the long run. Larry Hama aside, Larry Hama, we're not talking about Larry Hama stuff, but the new stuff they did the transformers idw stuff is just head and shoulders above what i think was done with gi joe other than the cobra series as yeah. well the cobra original yeah. series mike costa and christos gage some I, some of the best geo comics ever written <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. those are like the best and i've got the transformers i got the joe stuff here the way the transformers what i found reading the month to month or whenever they were coming out the Transformer stuff just felt like it was written by people who cared a lot more and had a, a vast, like a deeper investment into the overall landscape of this Transformers universe it was creating. And maybe that's because it's been around longer. The Joe stuff was just a lot of it felt like someone was just taking a job and just writing a story. Oh, this is this guy. This is, and then it was yeah. like characters yeah. were doing things you would, if you're going to make new characters, great, that's good. But then there'd be stuff that was happening. It's like, this makes no sense. And you could just, I mean, and unfortunately trying not to <laughs> bring in the long time, you know, we do have long time associations with these characters. If you read a comic with Luke Skywalker and Luke Skywalker acts in a way that you're like, Luke is, you know, I don't, this doesn't feel like Luke Skywalker. It's the same as if I read a comic and I read a, like beachhead and mainframe and it's like this doesn't beachhead wouldn't do this this wouldn't do that flint would not say whatever right right <laughs> a pot which is in a comic um <laughs> not by idw but i remember reading flint saying whatever i was like isn't it funny how those little things can just they throw it. you off and and, and uh, i think you're exactly right it felt like it felt to me it got to a point where it felt like writers were just putting a G.I. Joe skin on stories that they already had that were not necessarily intended for Joe. And they were just like, OK, well, let's see. OK, this can be this person. This can be this person. They, they didn't feel look, I go back to the DDP 
G.I. Joe series. And I love that stuff. And you know Brandon Jirwa and, and everybody like Jirwa for sure. Yeah. Man, they they loved Joe. They knew it. They were doing their best to honor everything that had come before. That's exactly right. America's elite. Um this that stuff felt like Joe. Um and that's not to say there's plenty of good stuff from IDW. But anyway, it's important that somebody be invested and care about Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, Noel, do you have any any thoughts? I know you're not as deep into the comic scene. No, and I haven't been I haven't been reading comics of any kind in a in a long time. So I I'm probably not the best one to talk about this. Um or maybe you would be I, because what if because you're the guy that we need to try to sell comics to. Like so what I love what I love what they did with the initial Devils Do, where they it was it took place in modern time in modern times with characters from at that point in time it was fifteen to sixteen years ago, but they aged them up, and 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 it was it was done in like a real time fashion. You introduce kind of a new generation of characters. I I don't know. We may be a little bit beyond that to do it in real time now because it's been forty years. But yeah. I always liked doing that kind of thing, honestly. I would be fine with a complete, just a, a brand new reboot as far as an ongoing series goes. Um, I, I haven't been following Larry's books in a while, but you know, if, if they want to continue with his ongoing story, that's fine. Do that to a different yeah. book. Um, but to me, it doesn't really matter as long as it's something that you can get reliable distribution on. So a bigger company would be preferable. I mean, even if it winds up in the hands of a Marvel or something like that, that's fine. Um but again, because I haven't been reading, I'm probably not the best person to have insight on um, what the best distributor is going to be for it. Well, but Renegades that's... was great. Sorry, just oh yeah, what oh, you're saying. Yeah. I would, I yeah. would yeah, love. Renegades is my favorite animated a... series. If yeah. we're not going to get the next season of Renegades, somebody should adapt it into a comic because I I've read little bits and pieces about what it was supposed to be. And I, I very badly want to see it in some form and see that would be, and you know, it's so funny, you know, talking about, look at how IDW has handled Ninja Turtles and some of the stuff that they've done with, uh, retelling, uh, some stories that, that never got told and the, the last Ronin and like you, you, it's like with Transformers, you can tell IDW, the creators there love Ninja Turtles and are very devoted to that mythology. Um, there, there's a lot of possibilities for great G.I. Joe stories, and the main thing is just having people that care about G.I. Joe running the show. Mm-hmm. And yep. and if it is going to be Skybound and Kirkman, then I think that will be the case, and we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Well, I have my pitch ready for when it's announced. All right. <laughs> Put it out there. Kirkman, give Bergie a call. You'll be good to go. Printing money. I got like 60 issues sitting over here. Just ready to go. Let's go. Uh, All right, Rocket Bunny Hatch. Hey, boys, I knew about the Joe Transformer crossover in the comics, and then my wife told me there is a Joe Gem crossover. Is there another that I should be aware of? Now I'm off to find a copy of that Joe Gem comic. Okay, so this came in. I don't know anything about a G.I. Joe Gem comic. No, 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 no. Is it just a cover? No. So there was the San Diego... Uh, Comic-Con one-shot that was supposed to kick off the whole combined universe. Jim actually doesn't make an appearance in it. Synergy 
is in it and she oh. is the computer that is more or less the narrator combining everything so because at the time i was i you know obviously being a gem fan i was reading the idw gem comics and there was never an actual gi joe gem crossover it was just that okay bit with synergy the, the, so other was, than hector ramirez well yeah well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which by the way Somebody out there, Super 7, Hasbro, I don't care who, somebody get me a Hector Ramirez figure, please. Yeah. Um. So I, what I came up with, because really, honestly, G.I. Joe crossovers are kind of few and far between, but I will say this, Danger Girl G.I. Joe, way oh, better than you yeah. expected it to be. Really, really good. Fun, which, look, I've got, I've got Danger Girl tattooed on... If I can turn it the right way, I can't get to the camera with this. I've got a Danger Girl <laughs> tattoo on my arm. Um, big, big fan of J. Scott Campbell. Huge fan of the Danger Girl comic because it's like Disney princesses being James Bond. Like, I loved those comics. And the Danger Girl G.I. Joe crossover is perfect because if you go back and you look at uh, the G.I. Joe series Bible, one of the descriptions was, well, think of it like James Bond, but an animated series for kids. Uh, so that that was actually a really good crossover. Uh, we've talked about infestation on the show before. And while it was not a direct crossover, it was an IDW event that involved a lot of their comics and it was the first one, at least, was very, very cool. It's not terrible. No, I uh, is Chris. I think Crystal Ball maybe shows up in yes. Infestation. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, since we reviewed read that it. way back early, like mm -hmm. on one of our early episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. We did, I think we did it for one of the Halloween episodes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, yeah. The infestation. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's a cool story. It involves G.I. Joe, Star Trek, Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Um. One, I think there's one more transform, maybe transformers. I don't know, yeah, but anyway, transformers were part of infestation. Yeah, were Ghostbusters in the yes, second one. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, they, they were. were the second one. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, check those out. Uh, and then the last one I've got, it's you. You know, we we all know there have been lots of Transformers GI Joe crossovers, but one of my favorites, mainly for the artwork, uh, was the one that Dreamwave did. Uh, written by John Nay Reber uh, with art by Jay Lee, who's one of my favorite artists in the entire world. Uh, and it takes place during World War II. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very like, I mean, if you're familiar with Jay Lee's art, it's very stylized and like dark. And I don't know, I'd, I'd love that comic. Now, I have not read it since it came. Well, no, because I bought the trade. So I read the trade when it came out, but it's been years since I read it, but I loved it at the time. Yeah, I, that was 20 years ago, almost, it's that some, came out? Something oh, like that. God. Yeah, because I, yeah, I read it when it first came out. Oh, that's all of the, oh, nice. If you can find this omnibus, so worth it. I've, it's funny, mm. flipping through, though, is the Jay Lee one even in here? Because I remember that. It's so weird and different. I It may be like kind of outside of... Well, well, and the fact that it was Dreamwave. It wasn't an IDW thing. Yeah. Oh, is or that all DDP. the IDW stuff? This is oh, the DDP, oh, DDP stuff. stuff. Okay, which okay. I am actually very fond of the uh, Tim Seeley bringing Cobra Law in with Unicron yes. Uh, yes. and everything. I think that was actually a, a very brilliant move. I think um, Tim Seeley is a very underrated creator. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got his new comic, Local Man. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah, he's uh I, I really dig his stuff. Hack Slash is one of my all-time favorite comics. Mm-hmm. Uh all right, and finally, Mandalorian Jedi, always in here with some good questions. If you were able to produce a G.I. Joe video game, what would it be like? And what do you think of past and current games? And I got to tell you, I've like I played what there was an NES game, right? Yeah, and it was not very good. Yeah, I disagree. (laughs) Well, I my I I rented it like I rented it one time when I was probably like 10, 11 years old. See, I played it. uh, I was a little older than that. One of my first job jobs in 1994, I worked at a place called Video Game Exchange that got bought by Funko Land, which got bought by Electronics Boutique, which got bought by GameStop. Uh, but video game exchange, well, I actually ended up as a store manager there and we were encouraged, like, we want you to play every game in this store. Uh, and I remember playing an NES GI Joe game that I, for whatever reason, hadn't had when I was younger and it, it didn't do much for me at the time, but this was 94. So by that time I had played like more advanced stuff and like going back and playing an NES game. Like now going back and playing an NES game is cool and nostalgic and fun. But in 1994, it felt like some primitive, it felt like going and playing pong. Like it was, it just didn't do it for me. And then I think operation black. Well, no, I played the arcade game because they had that at Mm -hmm. Momocon a few years ago. And that was actually pretty fun. And then operation blackout, Yes, it could have been more, but it's a blast. It's really fun yeah. to play, especially if you do the multiplayer. Like, yeah, I'd like a better game, but it was way better than I expected it to be. Uh, what about you guys? What have you played? What do you think of them? I never did get around to playing Operation Blackout. It was one that I kept meaning to buy on the Switch, but I just I never got around to getting it. So I, I didn't fun. play it. And and I presume that if I were going to design a Joe game, it would probably be something in that vein where you would do like either a first person or a third person shooter type, um, you know, maybe do like a combination of mission based and kind of like melee, um, you know, battles and stuff like that. Maybe do like a partial open world with some storyline. I don't know. Yeah, but have lots of characters to select from. I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. My my. What I would want, and I don't know how to translate this into modern video game talk, I want a G.I. Joe game that's like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. Mm-hmm. Where you have to figure out which character is best to use. That's what I was what thinking of the storyline. So once you get into the level, like let's say you're playing as Roadblock, who's the tank, and he's just going blasting stuff through, and then you find out, you know what? this level i need some more stealth and you you know you you call in snake eyes like snake eyes we need you and snake eyes comes in you're like okay now i can handle this level i need to sneak around i need to climb up some rooftops and gameplay wise look i'm always 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 going to go back to the arkham games if you can make anything like arkham city do it so your joes and you're in like maybe a modern super high-tech version of Springfield. Cobra has totally taken over, but it's not like a small town. It's like a big city, but they've turned it into Cobra. You can't leave the city, just like Arkham City. Um, 
but the different areas require different skills of different Joes. Maybe they're specific, like in the Arkham games, you had the Riddler challenges. Well, maybe in this one you have, you have to rescue people. So those are missions where you need to use like Doc or lifeline uh, because you're going to have to get in and there are people who've been injured or taken hostage by Cobra and you've got to, you know, apply some kind of medical rescue, whatever, or maybe stretcher with his little sled deal that he had, whatever the case, but figure out a way to make it because the Arkham games are a lot of different kind of games, uh, especially when you get to Arkham Knight and the Batmobile levels. Well, then you get the opportunity where you can throw in some vehicles like I, I, I but it has to make use of the variety of specialties available in G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I was thinking. And, and what you just described fits it to a T, except I was thinking like an more open world version of the old DuckTales game where (laughs) you're not trapped in one city, but you've got basically different places around the world that sort of fit the different themes to Joe. So it's not like throughout this whole game, I can have Charlotte Scarlet to choose from, from each city. It's like in the desert pyramid level, here's the five Joes that you can choose from. Some of them might be good for the mission. Some of them might not. When you get to the Arctic mission, okay, yeah, you're going to have snow job. You're going to have iceberg. You're going to have blizzard. You know, you have to get blizzard's helmet, its own character. <laughs> like, you know, one, a combination of those will be great. Um, you're so yeah, right. You have to work. The, I was thinking. Yeah. You have to work the environments in. You're totally right. Yeah. It can't yep. just be one setting. It has to be a globe trotting type of thing. You're Land absolutely right. And air. Yeah. On a primitive level, that's what the NES games tried to do, where you could swap mm. out different characters. It totally like a DuckTales thing I could see. And Capcom actually did the second Joe game. It, it's kind of like Bionic Commando, side-scrolling, and you can switch out your characters. But I would love to see what you said with DuckTales, but also like a mix of like more like a Metroidvania kind of game or Metal Slug, if, if anyone's ever played oh, yeah, Metal yeah, Slug, yeah. essentially like Contra. But yeah, different missions, unlockable characters, downloadable mm-hmm. characters, where if you're playing this on, say, Switch, that's where I do all, all my gaming. It would be so perfect for a side-scrolling Metroidvania. Yeah. Maybe pattern it off the first few miniseries, Mass Device, Revenge of Cobra, Pyramid of Darkness, Arise, Serpent, or Arise. And you have a few levels, and then more characters are introduced as you progress, and then you can backtrack to those levels. Oh, now that I've unlocked Alpine, I can climb up the side of the mountain and find the thing in here and unlock so-and-so and save so-and-so. And now that I've got whoever's spirit, I can do this thing. Yeah, like I, I think a a more side-scroller, like you mentioned DuckTales or like Contra or Super Metroid with multiple characters could be very innovative as opposed to trying to reinvent yeah, what's already been done. Like everyone's like, do a Call of Duty GI Joe. Well, you got Call of Duty already, right? Like, right, me, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you and, know, and, and along get those this. lines. Oh, oh go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, like, ninety percent of my gaming is Lego games, and they all do have a, a very kind of similar format to that, where you go through certain worlds with certain characters, but as you unlock, you go buy those characters, then you can go back to those worlds. Oh man! And access different parts of. Dude, GI Joe Lego. <laughs> a Lego GI Joe game would be 
perfection. Oh, yeah. I doubt that they're ever going to make that crossover, even no. though we now have a Hasbro Lego precedent with Optimus Prime. But I don't think G.I. Joe is going to be something that's going to be Lego friendly. But I've man. still got my Creo, you know, Aerodrome. <laughs> pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, if you could do something along those lines, it's not a Lego game, but it does have a similar gameplay style. It very similar. What you were just saying would be a, a really good way to incorporate and, and have a lot of playability and like replayability among those levels. Well, and and on the toy video game tie in front uh wwe right now is launching a program where you buy a wwe ultimate figure and it comes with a code that unlocks that character in the new game so how cool would it be you get the classified tiger force dusty or whatever and you unlock that in the game like what a great that synergy we all love synergy right marketing it's 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 what we need oh i thought you were talking about gems still right but yes <laughs> i mean so synergy holographic powers in gi in the joe game. yes Yo, um bring in those bumblebee singers from gem too they were crazy uh, yes <laughs> what all. were they we called the killer bees i don't know so that too random Sorry. That is our no, not at all. There's no such thing as too random on this too show. Random we we open things up with starriers and we close with the bumblebee singers on gem. I think there's no better place to wrap this thing up. Word burglar, you have been absolutely fantastic as our special guest. Before we go, tell us. We know you're up to a follow up to Welcome to Cobra Island, but what else are you doing? Where can we find you? Where can we find your stuff? Uh, yeah, I got another first uh, new album coming out. It's not the Cobra sequel. I've got a new album coming out this summer with uh, a little G.I. Joe inspired jam on there that I think people will get a kick out of. It's not G.I. Joe, but I think G.I. Joe uh, aficionados will definitely uh, pick up kind of what I'm putting down on it. Um, and it's called 1984 and oh, um, that's the single and there's a video for that that we've got uh custom action figures in and um it's a lot of fun i'm very very excited for that uh so the album is actually all themed around uh, a comic book store a fictitious comic book shop and the things that go on around this comic shop and the fandom there and uh some original uh some original ip i don't know um but yeah so it's um yeah, so that'll be out this summer. Uh, Third Burglar is an album of mine, which we're going to be doing a vinyl crowdfunder for, which is starting uh, second week in May. So uh, we've put out two records on vi on crowdfunding already, uh, Cobra Island and the MacGuffin device. So hoping to do a third, which is my 2012 album, Third Burglar. So it's basically like a 10th anniversary, 11 an year anniversary uh, <laughs> release. So hopefully, and it actually had has a song Fred Braca on it, uh, which was uh, a precursor to Cobra Island. So I hope um, I hope people might check that out. But other than that, um, look, I can be found just wordburglar.com, videos and music and stuff like that. And uh, honestly, this is just super fun to be here. So thank you so much for uh, for inviting me to come on and geek out with you guys. This is uh, I enjoy the show and it's always a pleasure when we get to uh, to chat. So thank you, man. Thanks for dropping in. I mean, it was great having you here. Uh, so before we go, uh, Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club, and we have chapters and garrisons throughout 
the United States, uh, Canada, the UK, and Ireland, uh, Chile. Uh, we have members uh, uh, in the land down under as well. So we got members all over the world. If you've ever thought about dressing up like your favorite G.I. Joe character or G.I. Joe adjacent character, it could be a Dreadnought, it could be a October Guard, uh, you know, anything Joe related, any era. Uh, check out the Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook. Uh, check out thefinestcc.com. We also raise money for a fantastic charity called Canines for Warriors. So uh, help us uh, put some money towards some military vets and some dogs. And everybody remember, go to Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. Get that uh, link in the stories. Get our exclusive Joe Fest 2023 t-shirt based on the original Beastie Boys tour shirt. Uh, Christian. Where can we find that toy photography that you do oh so well? You can find me on Instagram and Flickr.com under Legion Cub. And uh, thank you, everybody in the chat, for hanging out with us. Noel, Christian, thanks for talking about G.I. Joe again. Word Burglar, you were fantastic. Thank you so much. And as always, you, Joe. Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.